Second and victory. Well, 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 that was uh, not the game that you were expecting from the Tennessee Titans last weekend at the Meadowlands against the New York Jets. The Titans fall in overtime, 27-24. They go to 2-2 two and two on the season. What's up, everybody? Brett Batchelor here, along with my guy, Chris Carter, here on the Second Victory Podcast. Last week, it was just Austin. This week, Austin is celebrating his two-year anniversary with his wife. So he has this week also to just be me and Chris. Chris, what's up? How you doing? How's it going? Uh, wish this was a uh, a better podcast to do after, oh my gosh, after that man. debacle. But it is. It'd be nice if we could do back to back victory podcasts for once. But you know, it, uh, the 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 good thing is, you know, this is a team that typically rebounds after a bad loss. Um, this might be the worst loss of Mike Rabel's tenure, uh, considering the <laughs> opponent. Um, I, I've, I've been thinking but, about that, and I've talked to a couple people about it. Do you do you think it's worse than the Cincinnati Bengals loss from last season? Yeah. That was a bad Cincinnati I, team last year. It was. It was. Uh, I, think, I think Zach is a worse quarterback than Joe Burrow, so – Maybe not. I mean, maybe not. I mean, this Jets defense is legit. It is. Um, this, it is a very good defense. And we, you know, we knew that it was going to be a good defense coming into this game. Uh, they're a very good defense, and and their rate in this game was just astronomically high. Um, good, good rush I think, defense, was, but, yeah, I mean, Derek still balled out. But do you expect that from Derek Quest, anyways, though? Questenberry allowed 11 pressures, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just that's an insane number. Uh, speaking of pressures, I do want to commend uh, Harold Landry. That dude is oh my gosh on fire. This is I think he's leading the league in in quarterback pressures right now. Yes, uh, he has uh, ahead, of, ahead of Miles Garrett, uh, which is uh, really awesome to say because I mean we all know that Miles Garrett is is the up and coming premier guy at that position. So. Um, what Harold Landry's doing, you know, he's not he's not getting big sack numbers, but um, he's making a difference, and and that's what you want to see out of a young guy like him. Harold Landry right now is the way he's playing is kind of the way that people have talked about Big Jeff the last two years, and the fact that the numbers you might not necessarily see them, but the schemes that offenses have to do to go around those guys is keeping them up late at night because all you hear about Jeffrey Simmons is. The numbers aren't there, but the way you have to prepare for Jeffrey Simmons is different than other players, and that's kind of what Harold Landry is doing right now too. I, I really am, am anxious to see a truly healthy uh, pass rush of, of Harold Landry, Jeff Simmons, Danico Altry, and Bud Dupree. Like, I mean, the, the, the way Landry's been playing, the, the disruption that Jeffrey Simmons causes, I know this fan base, I've seen some – awful takes on Twitter about Jeffrey Simmons the last couple of days, but that dude is, is getting double teamed. He's making, he's, you know, he's, he's putting pressure. He's getting back there. But whenever there's somebody of Bud Dupree's caliber across from those two that can take additional pressure off, potentially draw some double teams, 
those sort of things. It's just going to open up even more for for the rest of the guys up front. So whenever we whenever we do get the chance to see those four healthy on the field together, I think we could see some some true disruption. People have talked about you know maybe not the best draft so far this year, the way it's played through four se- or through four weeks of the season. Maybe not the best free agent signings. A free agent signing that has panned out really well to me that you mentioned is Danico Autry. And I think I honestly think that Danico's looked fantastic through the first four games of the season. And you mentioned when everybody else comes back healthy, it could be a very, very good pass rush on this defensive side of the ball. Yeah, it truly could. Um, the the pass rush is only going to help the secondary too. Um, you know, we saw we saw Janoris Jenkins have probably his worst game as a Titan uh, against the Jets. Um, Breon Borders, when he came on the field, we we saw some some negative plays from him, uh, and that's a guy we kind of grown accustomed to seeing positivity out of in his limited snaps. Um, but then we saw what what I think was the biggest blunder by the coaching staff, and and that was Christian Fulton being shifted to nickelback without with the, with the team being without Chris Jackson. Um, I've said all along I don't think Christian Fulton is a is a nickelback. Uh, that dude is built to be outside, and he is. I think he's proven that this season. He is a he's an outside boundary cornerback, and uh, being shifted into that inside position, uh, I think not only hurts him but hurts the team. Um, but you know, that being said, Christian Fulton was playing a really good game. I thought up until that point. Um, but you know, Janoris, that's a guy that that you expect more out of as a veteran, uh, as a veteran leader as well. Um, I personally, I just, I hope Caleb Farley gets healthy soon and is able to get out there. Uh, I hope Elijah Molden gets out of the doghouse, however deep he's in that. Um, the fact that Chris Jackson went out and Molden still wasn't seeing snaps on, on Sunday is disheartening. Um, it's, it's weird. You know, it's, uh, it seems like, it seems like John Robinson is doing a, a, a good job of getting talented guys in the draft, but somehow it's not clicking for them very quickly in the NFL. Um, is that a coaching problem? Is that a player problem? I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like it's compounded a little too much to just be a player problem. Um, so this coaching staff has to step up and, and get these rookies ready. And we, we were te- we were talking in the in our text, text group. Um, the thing that blows my mind is like, Rayboy and his coaching staff are okay playing guys, veteran veteran guys like a Janoris Jenkins, sorry, Jack Rabbit Jenkins, or or David Questenberry, or or guys like that, and they're making tons of mistakes out there. Like Questenberry had played pretty well this season up until this game, and he was abysmal in this game. Like all all the good good will that he built up in those first three games it was just blown out of the water because of his game here um but it, it doesn't make sense to me that Vrabel is okay with veterans making these mistakes but is not okay with rookies making them and I don't know if it's because he's worried about a rookie losing confidence quickly and it ruining him or what but I mean I'm a big believer in like, you know, a person needs to make their own mistakes and, and learn from their mistakes and that sort of thing. And I don't think, I don't think this coaching staff is willing to give rookies that opportunity. And with that, I do understand Caleb Forley's hurt. I don't expect him to be out there hurt, obviously, but, and I do understand that Dylan Ray Dunn's has played one football game 
uh, before getting drafted in, in over a year, you know, but there's some, there's some disconnect there. When you, and by the way, Kayla Farley, a full participant at practice today, which is really, really good. That's true. When, when you, when you look, you mentioned about the rookies not playing as much, you know, Dylan Raisins is a second round pick and he's been a healthy scratch in multiple games so far this season. You haven't seen Elijah Molden. Rashad Weaver was, had shown some promise, but he got hurt. So obviously that's not anything that you can put a, a blame on or anything like that. When you look at the Jets game, because obviously the Cardinals game is panning out to seeing like it's a much more, much more reasonable loss than what we thought originally thought that it might be because the Cardinals look like they're probably legit. But when you look at, you know, the, some of the struggles you had in the Seattle game, you know, you beat Indianapolis, but there's still some parts in there where Vrabel even said he, that he was upset with some parts of that game. When you look at the Jets game, what has kind of been, you know, the, the downfall so far this season? Is it the lack of rookie play? Is it the offensive line? Because you look at Ben Jones, Roger Saffold, Taylor Luan have all gone down multiple times at some point this season, but a lot of the pressures are coming from the right side from Nate Davis and, and David Questenberry, which is where you would not expect them to come from. So in, in your mind, is it the, the lack of production from rookies? Is it the offensive line? How, how do you view the struggle so far early on in the season? Yeah. I mean, I, it starts in the trenches, right? And I, I think this offensive line is, is the, the center of attention when it comes to the pitfalls of, of what's happened so far. Um, you know, it's, it's tough for, I saw a stat the other day that the sixth fastest quarterback uh, getting that getting the ball out of his hands on this was on completed passes I believe was Ryan Tannehill on Sunday um, the on on non completed passes and on passes where he couldn't even throw the ball the the time in the pocket was just extremely minimal um, there were a couple times where I was like man he should have threw that away and then I watched it again and I'm like he couldn't even get out of the pocket to throw that away. And there was no one open to throw it to. Um, so, you know, it, it really comes down to like, I, I think the offensive line is really letting the team down. Um, they, Derek's running well. I mean, Derek's running the best he's ever ran early in the season. Um, but the when it comes to pass protection, the just the offensive line is not doing their job at all. Ryan Tannehill, do you know how many times he's been sacked so far this season? Do you know off the, off the top of your head? Well, I know 12 in two games or 13 in two games, so it has to be 20, close to 20. He's been sacked 17 times so far this yeah. season in, in four games. Chris, Ryan Tannehill was sacked 24 times the entire 2020 season. Yeah. And he's, he's, he's over three-fourths of that. And it's practically the same. Games. It's practically the same offensive line. The same line. offensive line. The same one. The same one. That's so what's I, mind blowing to me. I mean, it, you know, I, Mike Herndon tweeted the other day uh, during the game, and he's a big, big supporter of Nate Davis. And he tweeted and said, Nate Davis has been awful this season. Um, that's a and guy you don't, I don't, a lot I don't from. know where it came from either. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, the, the left side of the line can't stay healthy. Um, both of them have missed snaps in every single game. Uh, Saffold's currently in concussion protocol. Um, I think Luan was a full participant today. He was. Uh, he may have been limited. I believe he was limited with a toe injury, if that's what it was. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. Uh, he did not practice today. Oh, he did Taylor not practice. Luan okay. did not practice today, no. And neither did Ben Jones, I believe. Ben Jones. Ben Jones was the one that was limited. And, okay. and uh, Aaron, okay. Aaron Brewer did not practice. And Taylor Lewan right. did not practice. Yeah, I mean, this is a, <laughs> this is a week we may see. 
uh, or or tenth or eleventh offensive line starting. Um, uh, yes. You know that the injury bug is is obviously like just obliterating the offensive line. Um, but but when when your highest paid two highest paid offensive linemen, your three highest paid offensive linemen even can't stay healthy, um, it's a recipe for disaster. Yep. Speaking I do, of, I do want to throw it. I want to throw out a couple of stats to you. Yeah, let me hear. Um, from from the Titans Jets game, four hundred and thirty to three hundred and fifty five in total offensive yards. That's that's the Titans in the lead there. In okay. favor. Okay, yeah, favor the Titans. Um, favor the Titans. Possession forty minutes to twenty nine minutes. Turnovers zero to one. That's three major statistical categories that the Titans led in. Yeah. Uh, and, and still couldn't still can't get this win. And we said at the beginning of the year, too, before the Arizona game, a key part of this offense for the Titans would be controlling the football. And they, yeah. they have, but yet they're sitting there. The Titans should be three and one, regardless, no matter what, because you shouldn't lose to a winless Jets team who was averaging, Chris, they're averaging 6.6 points per game. And then you yeah. come in there and you let them put up 27. Corey Davis has his revenge, which, you know, I mean, good. For, I mean, I like Corey Davis. Good for him, but not good for him to do it against the Titans, for him to have his coming out as a, as a New York Jets player. Same thing with Zach Wilson. Um, you know, I, I know if Austin was here, he would say that the Titans have a history of letting players have their coming out party against the Titans. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I mean, it's just, man, it's just petty stuff. To, like the Dane Cruikshank penalty – the pass interference down the field is is yeah, unnecessary. Like it was a forty yard penalty, wasn't it? Un- so like unnecessary. That. Yes, and then you have your first three possessions. You're in the red zone every single time, and I understand that the Jets have a good red zone defense, but you cannot. You had the possibility to be up twenty one nothing, and honestly, probably should be seventeen nothing at the worst because you should you should get in the end zone probably two out of the three times, and you're up nine nothing, and then all of a sudden you have a bad offensive possession, and then all of a sudden it's nine seven. And it's so much closer yeah. than it could be 21 nothing, 17-3. So it's just – and it's weird to think, too, that we're talking more about this Titans offense than we are the Titans defense through four games of the season. Yeah. You know, the, the thing is, like, other than some major just, like, blown plays, the defense hasn't been bad. Like The X plays the, is what's killing this defense. The sag numbers aren't aren't necessarily there, but let's think about – the quarterbacks that they've played against, like Russell Wilson, uh, Kyler Murray, Zach Wilson, all, those are all mobile guys that that can make things happen on the move. Um, that that's three tough mobi- mobile quarterbacks to play at the start of the season. The sack yep. numbers aren't aren't great, but keep that in mind when you're thinking about those things. Um, I think the most sacks they've had in the game this season was against Carson Wentz, if I'm not mistaken, who had two sprained um, ankles. Right, who who was practically immobile. <laughs> um, the the interesting part there is that they're getting pressure, something that they didn't do very well last year, um, and that's sparked by Harold Landry, like we talked about. But you know, if the defense could, and this has been a point of contention on, on Titans Twitter, we know, but the these they're the cornerbacks are playing so far off. Um, what was it? There was like a third and three, and they were like eight yards off. Nine, they were nine like yards that. off. Yeah, nine yards nine off. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, why why? Like, things like that just it, it that's like that's like fundamental like that's a mental thing. 
right? Yes. Like that's a, that's a cornerback either afraid that he's going to get beat or not thinking. Um, so you know th- they just have to process better and and make those decisions better out there, and and that starts with coaching, right? I mean, uh, Ray Boyman said if if a guy's playing twelve yards off, that's not something we've ever coached him to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he is playing twelve yards off, you need to coach him not to do that. And why does it keep happening? Right, because it's not this. This the Jets game is not <clears throat> the first game that it's happened either. Right, and and I don't think Christian Fulton is a is a guy that that ha- that lacks the confidence to think that he can hang with no. a guy. You he, know what I mean? Handle like, DK Metcalf. Yeah, like this. Christian Fulton is a guy that that has has speed, has athleticism. He's a guy that that probably feels comfortable being able to hang with a, a you know a four 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 or five. Uh, 40 time uh, wide receiver. But then why is he playing eight yards off or 10 yards off? It just right. doesn't make a lot of sense. And it, it seems like, yeah, maybe they're not being coached, you know, that they're not being coached to do that, but are they being coached not to do that? Right. And, you know, you mentioned the mobile quarterbacks. Don't forget coming up now, I, you can't necessarily say that Trevor Lawrence is a full on dual threat, but he can be mobile. I mean, did you see the way yeah. he ran in the Cincinnati game? And some yeah. of the jukes he was putting on. So you have Trevor Lawrence coming up. Then you have Josh Allen coming up. Then you have Patrick Mahomes coming up. You have Jameis Winston. You have Mac Jones. So you guys, you have guys that can still move around. Now, Mac's not as much of a full-on mobile quarterback as the rest of them. But, you, I mean, you're talking five out of your next six opponents that can really run the football. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the other thing you just mentioned is a couple of rookies in there. Yep. And, uh, you know, we saw it on Twitter today. Austin reminded us uh, before the pod. Um, this is a – Mike Vrabel's never – Mike Vrabel's 0-4 against rookie quarterbacks. Which is unreal. I mean, is unreal. Mike Vrabel coach teams like, cannot beat a rookie quarterback for some reason. It's almost like and we potentially have, have a lot of them left this season. And it's almost like if they have time to prepare for them and they know what's coming, then it's almost better than not knowing what's coming at all, which, I mean – I mean, I guess I can kind of understand. It's kind of weird to look at it that way. But you yeah. mentioned you mentioned the cornerbacks playing off so far off as well. We'll get to the Jags game here in just a second. But the Jags, though, they have LaVisca Sinault and they have Marvin Jones Jr. Then you play the Bills on Monday night. They have Stephon Diggs. They have Cole Beasley, who's playing an awesome year in the slot, and Emmanuel Sanders, who's been a very nice surprise as well. Then you have Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey the week after that. Then you have Marquez Callaway for the Saints. Then you have Jacoby Myers, who's quietly having a good year for uh, the Patriots. Hunter Henry's having a nice year for the Patriots. There is a lot of uh, continuity that's coming up that this defense and the offense is going to have to play well together. We're not bashing the defense. We're just saying that there are some tough games coming up on the schedule. The offense, with their problems, they're still putting up points. But it's just it seems like there's not a whole lot of continuity so far altogether when you talk about special teams, offense, and defense together. Yeah. Um, the interesting thing that, that uh, I also noticed in the, in the Jets game was the lack of snaps for Jayon Brown. Yes. Um, you know, he, he came into the game healthy. I think he, he practiced all three days last, last week. Um, and he just didn't really get any snaps. And it, I know they kind of view David Long and Jayon Brown as like the same interchangeable position, but should Jayon Brown be getting snaps over Rashawn Evans? Yes, you would th- I would think so. I mean, I, I don't I don't understand why you wouldn't want Jayon Brown and, and David Long out there together. 
That's a great your, tandem. They're your best two cornerbacks. Um, you know, it's and the thing about David Long is like he can he's tough up front. Like Jayon's obviously the better cor- cover linebacker, um, but David Long can can play the run. He can play that blitz game. He can play all of that up front. David had a great um, game against Indianapolis. He did. Um, that's a guy that is is one hundred percent locked in. I think at this point as the starter on this defense. <laughs> David is David Long is a guy that is that can really stretch the field in the run. And when I say stretch the field, I mean going east to west on the field and pushing with that offensive line and going through them to the back foot. Yeah. If you can, if you can picture what I'm saying. And honestly, that that's kind of weird because Rashawn Evans is a is a I think is a good run linebacker when they meet him at the line of scrimmage. David Long is better at getting through the line of scrimmage and meeting them moving east and west. And Jayon yeah. Brown is better right there in the middle of the field when it comes to coverage. So I'm kind of with you about, okay, if David Long is so good east to west and, and guiding the offensive line backwards in the backfield, why not leave Jayon Brown in the game as well when he's so good in the middle of the field? Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it's, it seems to me like that's your best play is to, to play those two on the field together. Um, and I don't – again, I, Rashawn Evans is, has not been a good linebacker the last year plus I thought he was much better in in year three um but it's it's a it's a weird situation with him or I'm sorry year two um it's a weird situation with him uh and his lack of growth uh and and all of that at, at his position but yeah I agree it needs to be Jayon Brown and, and David Long as the two starters I think at linebacker and and I, you kind of covered your basis like you just explained it really yep. gets you to a point where you have two linebackers that are are really manning the middle of the field, and that's what you want out of an inside linebacker. And I think, too, you could probably say that Rashawn Evans, one of his, if not his best game as a Titan, was the Monday night game in Dallas. I believe it was probably his second year on the team. Yeah. And that's when – I think it was his second year. you correct me if I'm wrong. But that's no, when – sure it was. When that game happened, that's when everybody was kind of like, okay – this is the Rashawn Evans we've been looking for. And right. it's, he's not a – I don't think he's a bad linebacker. It just hasn't quite panned out to what you thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's – there's. He, he's a guy that I, I don't think has is either – he's not either not taken well to coaching or he's he's topped out. Like, he is what he is kind of thing. Um, I, I wouldn't think that he had topped out at this point because of his athletic ability, his talent level, those sort of things. I mean, this is, this is a guy that obviously was a, a first-round draft pick, but this is a guy that was highly recruited um, I, in, in college. I mean, he, he obviously played at Alabama, so th- they're not taking any Joe Schmo. Um, so the, the, the fact that he's – I feel like I'm really shitting on the coaching staff this, this podcast <laughs> – but like, there's there's seriously there's some disconnect somewhere, and I don't know what it is. I'm just really trying to figure out like, is there a coaching problem? Is there like this? And and the linebacker linebacking coach, the linebacking coaches have this is second year I think with with Rashawn. So this is we should be seeing a little more growth from him this season, and I feel like we're not seeing that at all. So Jayon Brown obviously hurt. Like- last year has been a little bit banged up this year that leads us to the titans long injury report coming into the jacksonville game 
you start with Jacksonville's first. 20, uh, 21 guys, I think. On injury it's, man, it's so many. It's so many. The Jack the Jaguars have four. Yeah. So you got Roy Robertson Harris, uh, did not practice today, the defensive lineman with an angle injury. And uh same thing with Laurentian McCray, hamstring injury, also linebacker, did not practice. Uh Tyson Campbell, the cornerback, toe injury, he had limited participation. And then Carlos Hyde was a full participation today. I mean, you're gonna expect more from James Robinson. But Carlos Hyde will still get into the game every now and then, kind of like a, a Jeremy McNichols, uh, Darrington Evans right. situation. But my goodness, the Titans injury report. We The Titans had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight people, if I'm counting correctly, that did not practice on Wednesday before you're getting ready to travel. So you're, gonna, you're not going to have as much of a you know rest week and all that when you're traveling. Aaron Brewer, who came in last week for Ben Jones and he got hurt, did not practice today with an knee injury. Jayon Brown did not practice today with a knee injury. Tommy Hudson got hurt last week. Ankle injury did not practice. Julio Jones still not practicing with his hamstring injury. Brett Kern, who did not play last week. Groin did not practice. Taylor Lewan, toe injury, which is the, the third separate injury, I believe, this year, uh, yeah. did not practice. Racy McMath, who's been a guy that's filled in at times because you have so many other wide receivers down today. Quad injury did not practice. Nick Westbrook-Akina, who is – you know, the last two weeks turned into your number one wide receiver with everybody else down. Hamstring injury did not practice. Now, other guys, I, go ahead. I want to point out something real quick about that. So that means three of your top four wide receivers have gone down with soft tissue injuries yes. this early in the season. Yes, um, in a 17-game season. Now, Nick Westbrook-Akine, uh, that's, that's a guy who did everything in the preseason, uh, practice. Uh, played all of that but we we know that AJ and, and Julio didn't so um, I think that's really concerning obviously you you've got three three of your your top guys at wide receiver there who who all have hamstring injuries at this point and Nick Westbrook to me has been awesome this so far this season he wasn't expected to be your number three guy and he has and he's shown that he that he probably when he needs to it can definitely do it and maybe even full-time, you expected, you know, Marcus Johnson or Josh Reynolds to be that guy. Marcus Johnson has been hurt. Josh Reynolds was hurt, has seen a little bit of playing time. Westbrook Aquino is probably the guy you expected to be number five and Cam Batson yeah. at six. And then Racy was probably there hoping would stay on the practice squad till at least later on the season or, or they would call him up for special teams. But to have him, the, the production that he's had through the first four weeks of the season, to have him go down with AJ and uh, Julio still hurt, Racy's now hurt, you know, Josh Reynolds, we haven't seen much from him. You got to find something sooner or later. You, you, you arguably even saw NWI as your sixth receiver because of Mojo. Um, yeah, so, so, 100%. So that's that, you know, the fact that, and the fact that he played, he's played all three wide receiver positions. He did all three yes. on, on Sunday against the Jets. <clears throat> and that's, a, this is a second year undrafted, undrafted guy. So to, to see his growth, I think, has, has been exceptional. Um, he's, he's playing well, he's, he's contributing, uh, he's made a couple plays, like, obviously it's not to an AJ Brown level, uh, right. but th this is a guy who, again, probably your sixth receiver coming into the season and has, has stepped up as a number one without a couple guys with a couple guys down with injuries. I kind of look at Nick Westbrook as a better Khalif Raymond. Somebody who can be that that three four guy, and you kind of you saw it in the in the Indianapolis game when Julio was still on the field after AJ went down. 
when Nick scored his the first touchdown of his career, when he slid underneath on that slant route and then turned it upfield, that's what that's the kind of plays that you like to see from Nick Westbrook Keen and that you want to see from him. It's just right now you're just gonna have to ask him to do more when he's healthy because of other injuries. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. So you can keep going through the injury list. So some guys, oh my gosh. I don't know if you heard that. Can you hear that, Chris? Yeah, we're it's been storming here pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I knew it was getting ready to storm. Uh, so if y'all heard that in the background, that's exactly what that was. That just caught me off guard. Um, so, so some of the guys that that did practice today, you had a bunch of limited participations today. The Nico Autry, who we mentioned earlier, uh, limited with a hip. Kari Blossom game, who's been back and forth, which has kind of been a surprise between active and and, and inactive, uh, limited with an ankle injury. AJ Brown is back in practice. Uh, uh, with a hamstring injury. Bud Dupree, we know about his knee. He was limited today. Rashawn Evans limited with a quad. Sharif Finch, who was just re-signed and, and put up to the active roster. Um, limited participation with a concussion. Chris Jackson, we saw him go down with the shoulder injury. Ben Jones with the neck injury. Jeremy McNichols with the hamstring. But Darrington Evans was called back up to the active roster. So there's a chance that you can now see more Darrington Evans than Jeremy McNichols, although Jeremy has been a, uh, a, a pleasant running back too. Um, Roger Saffold with the concussion and then Jeffrey Simmons with the back. Some of those, I, I think, Chris, are guys that don't necessarily have to go full participation because you don't want to yeah. exaggerate I mean, it's, it's, on a nagging injury. They, I'm sure they have those injuries, but it, it's rest day. I mean, this is like I have I have no doubt that Jeffrey Simmons is going to play through whatever. Exactly. Exactly. Same, same with I mean, we saw Ben Jones come back in the game. That's it. That's a tough guy. He's going to play with whatever he needs to play with. Um, Rashawn Evans, I'm sure, is kind of the same boat. Um, I'll let you get through these last couple, and then I want to talk about a couple things with this. Uh, just two more, two more. And one guy who everybody really likes, and, and we do too, uh, Tier Tart, full participation in practice today with, with uh, his shoulder injury. So it's, it's good to see Tier back, somebody who can definitely make some noise on the, on the defensive line, excuse me. And I think the one that everybody's excited about, Caleb Farley officially back at practice, full participation, trying to get over that shoulder injury that he's been nagging for the past couple of weeks. Yeah, it's massive. Um, if they can get Caleb Farley ready to go, and and I, I have no doubt that he's been working hard in, in film study and things like that. Um, <clears throat> he seems like he's a, a you know already a consummate professional, like what doing what he needs to do. If he can get healthy, I think we're going to see contributions soon. Yes, uh, I, and I hope I hope we do. Um, but Kayla Farley, full participation, huge. A.J. Brown, limited participation, huge. And the other big one, Bud Dupree, limited participation, huge. Like yep. Those are guys that hopefully by the end of the week are, are full participants in practice. Yes. Uh, getting A.J. back from a hamstring, I don't want him rushed, um, but I also do not want to lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, so – Get, getting AJ, getting AJ back and and you know healthy and and that sort of thing by the by the, this weekend would be wonderful. Um, I going back to the Jets game. I did find this interesting though. Uh, they kept both Corey Blossom game and Troy Carter as two fullbacks as active, but they only played a combined five offensive snaps out of which is what ninety one. Like we had a ton of offensive snaps in this game. Um, five offensive snaps combined, which is very because the week before Kari was inactive, healthy for Carter, when, yeah. which is also a surprise. And you keep them both active, and then neither of them play. So, I mean, yeah. okay, so so if you look at that, 
is that the Titans trying to figure out what they want to do on offense, or do you do you think that's just a, a scheme, or how do you? You know, my, my first thought when I saw that they were both active was they're trying to decide if which one they want to keep on the active roster because they have to make a decision if they want to activate uh, Troy Carter again, they have to bring him up to the fifty three because he's been brought up from the practice squad twice now. So to me, I thought that they were they were trying to decide, okay, do we want to move Troy up full-time and move on from Kari, or do we want to keep Troy on the practice squad and keep Kari as the, the lead fullback? Um, that didn't – that couldn't have played out that way because there was five snaps. Um, they obviously played – special team snaps in, in addition to that. But uh, I don't know. I, I thought it was weird then. I think it's even weirder now. And we'll find out 1030 on Sunday morning, Central Time, what they're going to do with, with the, the seven inactors on that day, which kind of transitions us into, you know, you, you're looking at this Jacksonville game. You expect it to be three and one, looking to go four and one with a commanding lead in the division which you're still in the lead now, you're two and two, you're the only team with the winning record in the division, but you're going up, what you mentioned earlier, another rookie quarterback and another winless team. There's no, there's no thing as a, as oh. a track game anymore, nothing. Sorry, go ahead. A winless team that has coach drama. Yes. And could rally around that. Exactly. And, you know, something that you just, you, you can't, I don't think the Titans have passed the Jets at all, but I mean, I mean, it's kind of the same situation coming up against Jacksonville, which you had last week. Team that's struggling, yeah. like you mentioned, coaching issues. They had they showed promise last week. They did against Cincinnati, so it kind of makes you wonder. Like, I mean, what's what's how is how how's everything going to pan out on Sunday? Yeah, I mean this this is a team that you know in, in most cases um, the Titans own um, in most of the time, um, but. It's 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 a team that's filled with turmoil uh, currently. Um, they they've got a, a rookie rookie quarterback, obviously that they're trying to get get going, who hasn't played great by any means this season. Um, but it, you've got a rookie head coach um, who obviously was was a, a a massive head coach at the co collegiate ranks, uh, who's trying to transition that to the NFL. And not he had some drama. He he has some drama this week. We're not going to talk about that. Um, but when it comes down to it, the Titans typically lose these games. Chris, we're not talking about it. But my only thing to say is, he didn't fly home with the team. Yeah, I have never the heard head of coach. a head coach that I have never mm -hmm. heard of a head coach. I mean, like, I mean. Well, okay, we, we don't need to get into it because that could go on for days and days and days at a time. But, I mean, it's just insane that you – I mean, any head coach is flying home with the team. And if you're 0-4, you're flying home with the team and you're in the film room 6 a.m. the next morning trying to figure it out. So, yeah. I mean, uh, Mike, Mike, Mike Vrabel, if he was 0-4 as a rookie head coach, would have been sleeping in, in – Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned – uh, these are some games that the Titans have struggled with. Somebody who hasn't struggled against the Jacksonville Jaguars is Derrick Henry. And it's just, something, it's just something every single time that he plays Jacksonville, after the, and especially after that 99-yard touchdown run, it's just Derrick Henry in his career, Chris, 
184 carries. carries, 184 carries for 1,013 yards and 12 total touchdowns in just 10 games against the Jags. That means that against the Jacksonville Jaguars, Derrick Henry is averaging five and a half yards a carry, over 100 yards per game. He has uh, 150 receiving yards against them. He's averaging 13.6 yards per reception against the Jags. He has one receiving touchdown. That goes along with 11 rushing touchdowns. Chris, this man is an animal against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And those 150 receiving yards were before Derrick Henry became a pass-catching running yeah, back. Exactly. Um, exactly. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that he typically just, like, loves to play against. I mean, it's his hometown team, right? You know, it's right. it's it's obviously a team that he likes to play against. He, he's done very well against them. Um, he had over 200 yards in the last meeting. Um, it's, it's, it's a game that you hope Derrick Henry keeps up what Derrick Henry's been doing. Um, we know he had the best September of his career. Um, he's he's been phenomenal. I mean, the the start of the season has just been uh, what we've come to expect from Derrick Henry. Um, Ron Tannehill, though, you know, Ron Tannehill's got some stats. I'm going to throw those out there. Yeah. For you. Ron Tannehill has played against the Jacksonville Jaguars seven times in his career. Uh, career passer rating against them of 117.4 has 1,631 yards, 14 touchdowns, and just two interceptions. Uh, so this is a guy that's, that we know for his efficiency, but in his whole career, he's been very efficient against the Jaguars. Um, most of those games, I think, have probably come in his tenure with the Titans, too. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a this is a good game for the offense to get back back on, on track. Um, it's a good game for the offensive line to get back on track. Now, Jaguars have some really good defensive players. Yes. But they don't have a really good defense. Uh, it's it's a matter of they don't these good players don't aren't playing together that that well. Um so the offensive the team's line not could, playing together right now. <laughs> right. The <laughs> offensive line could could really get back on track in this game. Uh, I would love to see it be the five starters. I would love to see it be Dylan Redunds starting at right tackle, um, personally. But um, it, it's a it's a it's a really good chance to to really figure yourself out in this game for the Titans. Do you view this as a must win game after you lost to the Jets? Uh, yeah, yeah. Not not just for for the season, obviously, like the record, but. I think it's a must win for, for confidence. Um, you just, you just lost a game in overtime against a winless team uh, who a lot of people had written off as the worst team in the NFL. I don't think they're there, um, but it's, it, this is a confidence building game. This is a type of the type of game where you can get back on track. So say the Titans win this week, they're three and two. If they lose, they're right. two and three, and you mentioned mentally that might not be good, and it wouldn't be good because coming up Monday night back at Nissan Stadium, the Bills are coming into town, and their defense and it hasn't they haven't played the, the toughest teams, but I don't care who you play. If you have two defensive shutouts in four games, that's, that's freaking awesome. So you have the Bills coming up on Monday night at home. The week after that, you have the Kansas City Chiefs coming to town. You would assume by then they'll have everything figured out. It doesn't really matter. It's the Kansas City Chiefs. They're always a threat. Then after that, you go to the Colts on Halloween. After that, you go to the Rams 
on Sunday night in SoFi Stadium, which has proven to be a tough place to play. After that, you have the Saints coming into town. And I kind of look at the Saints as the Titans, as in don't know what you're going to get every week. It could be awesome, could be not good. After that, then you have the Texans, then the Patriots, and then you have your bye. So you win this week, you get to three and two. You hope by your bye, you know, you have, you know, six, seven wins, three, maybe four losses. But there, there's a lot of tough games coming up, coming up on the schedule for the Titans. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be a tough slate. Um, like I said, I think this is the game where you can kind of get your mojo back. Hopefully we get mojo back as well. Um, that would be nice for the wide receiving core. Um, but this is a team, this is a chance to, for the offense to really, you know, get, get back on track, like I said, and, and figure some things out. Okay, Chris. So last week we were either very close or not very close on our bold predictions. And <laughs> yeah, let's go, let's go through I know those. you haven't pulled uh, up, so let, let's hear them. Mine was awful. Uh, this is, I made mine at a point where I thought Ola, uh, was uh, Ola Daney was going to get some serious play uh, at outside linebacker. He did not. Uh, Danico Autry kind of carried the load there. So I had predicted Ola ha would have two sacks and a forced fumble. Didn't happen. Uh, the fact that he didn't get many snaps at outside linebacker, I thought was uh, the wrong call, uh, especially after the way he's been playing. Uh, not that not to take anything away from Danico Autry because he played an excellent game. Yes. Um, that chase down uh, of Zach Wilson on the boundary was just excellent. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, give you kind of half credit here. You said 30 plus points, which they didn't hit, but 130 from Derek on the ground, uh, which which we did see. Uh, and then Austin, uh, his first correct prediction of the season, uh, no offensive turnovers. and Which was so nice to see finally. It was. So, but I feel like battle, but lost the game. Yeah, I feel like the Titans said, "Okay, we won't turn the ball over, but we'll still let Tannehill get hit." So, yeah, I mean, seven sacks, man, holy cow! But uh, okay, so let's let's roll with this week. I know Austin sent us hours. Yeah, so so, so Austin's going with the Titans win by twenty-one plus. Austin is coming for revenge against the Jaguars this week. That is a that is a very bold prediction, um, especially in the NFL. You know, oh um, my gosh! Most man. games aren't won by twenty-one points. So <laughs> uh, if that happens, I will, I, I will give him the bold prediction championship for the whole the, season. We'll give, we'll give him. I will, I will be very bold predictions. I will be very excited. Um, I'm gonna go with. Uh, I'm gonna stick with the king. Um, I uh, this like we were talking about. This is a, a team he likes playing against. So I'm gonna say. Derrick Henry has 130 plus rushing yards and two touchdowns. I like that. I like that. I'm I'm sticking with offense as well. This has got to be. This is the week that that you would think that the offense can really come together. And like we said, the points have been there. It just seems like there's something that's just you know maybe just a little off. So I'm gonna say this offense is gonna go for for 400 plus yards and uh, put up. Let's you know I said 30 points last week. Well, if you do 400 plus yards, you should put up 30 points. So I'm going to go 400 plus yards and 30 points uh, from the offense this week, which is what I really, really, really hope to see. Oh, yeah, that would be fantastic. Um, yeah. The, uh, it's going to be interesting uh, to kind of see what offensive pieces uh, the, the team has this weekend. Um, is A.J. Brown going to play? Um, I, I seriously doubt Julio 
plays this game um, no matter what, even if he practices this week. I think he probably sits out another one uh, to get ready for Buffalo. Um, but does AJ play? Do they activate Mojo? Um, do, does Darrington Evans play? Johnson, just for clarity. Does, does Darrington Evans get activated um, to the to the 53? Um, there's a lot of potential pieces coming back to this offense that they didn't have last week. So um, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll see if they can, can put it all together. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I look forward to every Sunday, regardless of what happened the, the previous week. So uh, regardless, it's going to be a lot of fun. You got anything special planned up, lined up for the game? I know you're going to be out of town so for a little bit of the weekend. I actually, I'm going to miss a uh, kickoff probably. I will be on a flight heading back to Nashville, heading to Chicago for, for a good friend of mine's wedding. Uh, so I will, uh, unless Southwest is showing the game, uh, I will. I will probably miss kickoff. I might pay the eight dollars. I might pay the eight dollars and, and get a stream of it somehow. But yeah, or is there a way that you could find somehow if you can take your? I know. I know you can take your AirPods, but to find a way to to listen to it. In the yeah. Air, is so that I, I. I ha- I think if I like just pay for the Wi-Fi, which is like eight bucks, uh, I should be able to use the TuneIn Radio app. I would think. Oh, which so, would be perfect. Yeah. So I'm going to try that. I also have Sirius. Uh, so. Mm-hmm. I, I can probably pick it up on there as well. I didn't even think about that. Um, I, I, I'll I'll stay up on it somehow. <laughs> I just might not get, get to actually watch, which will be the first game I haven't watched like pretty much every minute of in two years, mo- wow. probably over two years, probably wow. like before the pandemic for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. Don't forget merch, Chris. You want to plug that merch real quick? We've had some. We've it's yeah, been pretty popular uh, make for sure, us. Make sure you uh, hit up secondandvictory.com. Uh, we, we've got some some good merch items right now. Uh, you know, pay attention on Monday. Uh, if we have a victory Monday, there might be some some disc, discount codes rolling out. But uh, be sure to check that out. Secondandvictory.com. Don't forget Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you look, like to get us. Follow us on Twitter, also at Second Victory. You can follow Chris at it's C. I'm sorry, I'm getting the, the letters mixed up. C W C R T R. There it is. C W C R T R. Follow Austin at I Austin Nelson. Follow me at Brett Bachelor and follow us all together at the Second Victory page for Austin Nelson. That's Chris Carter. I'm Brett Bachelor. Tighten up. Tighten up.